this morning as we look at the Christmas story, I am tasked with the opportunity to share with you great wisdom. I, like talent, lack that. Uh, talent for making ornaments, whatever. So I'm going to lean on the story. I'm going to lean on the Word of God to give you the wisdom and the encouragement and the inspiration you need. So if you have a Bible this morning, turn to John 1. And as we prepare to do that, the message today is the light shining in the darkness. Our focus on Advent is connected to the gift of love. And we've talked about this all month long, right? The gift of hope, the gift of peace, uh, the gift of, of joy, and then today is the gift of love. And I would certainly hope that as you are giving gifts uh, this coming week, and as you are receiving gifts, that those are done in love. As we prepare to move forward, let's ask the Lord to give us some guidance. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, speak to each individual as they need to hear. Speak the true light. Thank you for these words that John recorded that we might know your Son and the true gift of that. Work mightily in your name. Amen. So there are things that we receive as gifts, and, and I, you know, there's a part of me that feels like, hey, it would be really fun to be in your houses and watch you receive things. So I'm going to simulate that so you can kind of get a doorway into, into my activities Tuesday. So a beautiful, you know, box. And this makes me want to go to the person's house that gave me this box because that is a Hallmark Christmas if ever I saw one right there. That's just, that's how every gift should come. So I'm going to open this up. I'm going to share with you a gift that was given to me that's, that's precious to me. And it has a Christmas theme, which is angels. And uh, someone in our church gave me this gift. Now, I've never received any other gift from this person, but this gift. And it's an angel's luchador mask. I'm going to give you a gift right now and not try to put it on. Uh, but I, I, it's amazing what might come out of a box. And so I keep this in my office. I love it. And again, I just thought I would bring it to your attention because it's Christmas themed. Angels. There we go. It's worthy of making the manger. I'll put it over here. But that was not really the gift I wanted to show you. The gift I really wanted to, to show you was, was this. You know, I received this gift, uh, and, and I, love, I love technical stuff. Any techies out there? You're hoping for some techie stuff come this Christmas? Yeah, I love to. <laughs> right on, Samaya. You never can start too young on $500 gifts. Okay, so one of the things I loved about this, first of all, it's like anodized black, fat, flat black. You know, it's got this cool look, right? If I've got this, it is. It's a flashlight, right? And so if I'm, if I'm using this, you know, it makes me feel really masculine when I use this. I'll just walk in the room. And the lights are on, but I'm just like, me a steak right hey babe how you doing wait my babe's not even here I don't know where she went she knew this was coming so she left so you know it's just incredible 
And, and it has this green anodized rotatey thing. I don't even know what it does, but I'm one of those people that I like tactile things. So when I'm stressed out, I just like doing this. Right? Any of you people out there? I'm doing this on purpose so I can see who bristles at this. Kathy Shell's coming out of her seat right now. She's like, oh, stop. But some of you people are like, oh, yeah, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was doing that right now. Right? <laughs> so this is just bonus parts to this gift. But the best part is the light that comes out of it. It's fantastic, isn't it? What? Oh, here, let me turn it on. There. There's still no light. Are you kidding me? This thing's broken. How many of us have received gifts and they're already broken? How many of you ever received a gift on Christmas morning it was broken? Like it came broken. How many of us remember what we even got last year? You know, the thing that's, that's interesting is so much of what we receive, so much of what we give, it, um, it doesn't last, and we know that. And you know that pastors are supposed to talk about this kind of stuff. But it is interesting that sometimes, regardless of what the material is, that the true value of is that it's given in love. Is that it's given in love. And so its ability to last and to produce and to function isn't really the, the true essence of the gift and the power of the gift. The gift is what was behind it and the endearment behind it. And uh, this thought came to me uh, during first hour I shared, so I'm going to do it again second hour and just share with you real quickly, and then we're going to get into John 1. And that is when I, I got engaged to my wife, I, I milked it pretty long. I started with a rose, and we were on a date, and, and it was time. I, I knew God kind of kicked me up the head, you know, the 18th time, said, could you please just move on the precious gift I've given you? And so, you know, I start with this little poem. I don't even remember. It was like, roses are red, blah, 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 right? And, uh, but it finished with, here's a rose, and on the seventh rose, I will propose. It's romantic and economical, right? I only had to buy one rose, right? And then I could spread payments out over four and a half months. And it kept her going all the time. Just, she'd always show up and, and she'd be looking through my bank accounts, any florists here, you know? She's just so, but when it came to the fifth rose, I threw her a curveball and I gave her two roses at the same dinner, really threw her off. And then she got so nervous, she was actually sweating. It was, it was incredible. That's how I remember it. And so uh, she thought that was the moment and it was Christmas time and we were being served by my friends and there was a beautiful Christmas tree like this and I was in a tuxedo, she was in a gown. It was great and I had like this four course meal being served and, and then we were like, she's thinking, it's gonna happen, this is it. And then, then we left. And then we're going down this cobblestone pathway, this beautiful house that we were at, and we got to the fence, and, and at the fence it was like, I'm acting like I'm going to open the, you know, and we're going to get in the car, and we're going to drive away, and that, that's going to be the end. And she's like, heartbroken, right? And, but no, stop! And I stopped at the gate, and I said, oh, wait, I forgot something. And so we went back to this swing underneath this oak tree that Gandalf made himself. <laughs> and, and she's on the swing, and behind the swing, on a pillow, was a crystal rose I had hand-blown by the 
glass maker at Disneyland. I'm not kidding about that. I know you think that that's more Hallmark stuff, but I really did that. And then along came the 94 earthquake. Yes. And sure enough, that crystal rose broke in the earthquake. And that broke our marriage and our love was broken for forever. No, but there was a lot of stuff that we didn't even think about. We just went in the trash. But my wife was down on the ground picking up every little piece. I think she actually started licking the dust from the glass off the ground. And she put it all into this one little container and she still has it to this day. Why? It's worthless. Me being a guy, I'm like, why are you hanging on to that? I mean, I get it. I went to, but it's broken. It's crushed. And, and, and yet it's because of the gift that it was given, the love that it was given that makes it so precious. This is where we find ourselves in the story today. Turn to John 1.1 1, 1 if you're not there. And before we get to that, John 15 says this. These are the words of Christ. He says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. There is no greater love demonstrated than God giving us his son while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies with him. He sacrificed his son in order that we might have eternal life. That was done as a gift of love. Let me help us put some context to that. There are billions of people that practice religion all over the world. And, and so if you look at, at Buddhism, it's a situation where wisdom gets you and pursuit gets you into an ultimate chase of random chance. There is no personal affectation from a God that, that is looking out to you. Islam is a focused religion of violence. It's not one where their God looks down in love and affection and cares for them while they were still enemies. Materialism, what? Wait a minute, that's not religion. Of course it is. It's the biggest religion in America. Materialism says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you happy and I'm going to sustain your happiness and I'm going to fill your heart full of this in, in, insatiable desire to get more of me and more of me and more of me and you're going to be so satisfied. No, you're not. Because I don't really care about you. I'm more interested in creating something that's going to ruin you. Naturalism, relativism, on and on it goes. The things we believe in. The thing that sets Jesus Christ apart from all of that, if you so choose to believe it, is that it came in love. It is the only thing where the God loved the people and sacrificed for the people. Think about it, right? How many religions are out there where you have to sacrifice in order to appease the God? That's why materialism is a religion. This is very different. And I want to take you to an uncommon passage for Christmas to help you see this. So join with me. John shares a couple decades after Christ has returned to heaven because people want to change the story right my wife is walking back towards towards her seat and i'm telling this great story y'all are going to have to ask her what really happened because as she's walking she wanted to change the story i'm telling you right now that's exactly how everything went down john comes along and he says no 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 don't mess with who christ is i was there 
I was there. I walked with him. I experienced him. I watched the truth live. Brothers and sisters, in our society, that's enough to set free an individual or it's enough to condemn an individual. So as we listen to John's testimony about the true light, listen carefully because it takes opinion out of it, right? When you receive gifts, there's a lot of opinion as to the value of that gift. Let's take opinion out of it and let's look at what John says about the true light. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now this is a different John. This is John the Baptist. This is Jesus' cousin. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, to his own people, did not, although his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Wow. So what does this mean about the gift of love that we were given? Jesus is the greatest gift of love to mankind from God. This is the central truth of Christmas. Amen? This is the central truth. Now, we all wanted to change it. We all want to change what Christmas is about. We want to say it's filled with ideas of hope. We want to love, peace, all those things. Where do you think all that germinates from? But because... Just like John was experiencing, we want to change the story. We want to change the truth of the light. We end up with a lesser gift. We end up with Pastor Jeremy's ornaments. They look okay, and we're willing to settle for that rather than the true gift. So let's look at what this true gift actually is, what John said about him as we unwrap this gift. Let's look and see the value of it. John wants you to know about this gift of love. Let's take a look and see what's in the box, shall we? Let's start with where he started. The gift is eternal, he said, in the beginning. Did you catch that? The very beginning of John's testimony about who Christ is so people could know the true light, he goes right to the very words of what the Scriptures start with in Genesis, in the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning was what? Well, the gift is eternal. It was from the beginning. The gift isn't just from God. It is God. It is God. Have you ever gotten a, a, a copy? A cheap knockoff? The generic? Oh, my poor kids. It's just every Christmas. They open something up. And here's an iPad, but it says... Oops pad. I got it for half off down on Powell Street from a guy who swore it was going to work. Great. Oh, 
Here's a puppy. I won't even go into it. (laughs) Over and over and over, we fill our lives with cheap substitutes that don't work. This was God. This was God. The gift has made all things. Think about the most beautiful thing in nature that you can ascribe to. I always talk about the comparison between God and man through Las Vegas. You're like, wow, the sermon just did this. What on earth are you... Think about it. Think about how many people go to Las Vegas because of how tremendous it is, how phenomenal it is. Las Vegas is an icon of what man can do and what man can build. And it's kind of blingy, but it certainly comes with a lot of darkness, doesn't it? But jump in a helicopter and drive 45 minutes in a certain direction. I know, you all want me to say fly. Whatever, get in the helicopter and go that way. And you see something man could never make. It's so magnificent. The real deal. God came. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes. God came. John says this is important. God came. He says that he made all things. Think of that thing that you could create and you can only go so far and you can do pretty good. You can, you can make Pastor Jer's ornaments, but God can make so much more than we could ever dream of. That's who he sent. That's who he sent. God is the, or the gift is the author of life. He's the life of men. The originator of life, the one that can bring life. That's who was sent. No cheap substitutes. The gift personifies itself as light. Darkness cannot overtake it. It shines. It shines. Where's my... Where's my great flashlight? Am I blinding you yet? The gift God gave is personified by the term light. And it what? It shines in the darkness. When you truly open up that gift of Jesus Christ and receive it, it doesn't mean that the ugliness goes away. It simply means you don't see it and you're really not as affected by it anymore because the light of Christ is in you. This is very strategic and well thought out that Christ would represent light or describe himself as light. The gift had a salesman so that we should believe as a response. (coughs) Did you catch that? His cousin is, is the salesman. Great marketing plan. How many of you are fed up with car commercials at this point? then stop watching the Hallmark Channel. Right? Non-stop car commercials. Salesmen, salesmen, salesmen. Convincing us we need this, convincing... Oddly enough, the Christmas story has a salesman. It's the cousin John. And this John, the disciple says, by the way, just so you're not confused, that wasn't the true light. Jesus is the true light. Don't get confused with the salesman. Look at what he's pointing you to. The true, <coughs> the true light. 
The gift chose to insert itself into hostility so he could become personal. So he could become personal. The gift was rejected because people didn't recognize its value and they tossed the box. Bill, I'm going to share a little bit about our Christmas. I did first hour. I'm a brave man. I never talk behind someone's back, so I'm going to go ahead and say the same thing second hour just so that you know what I said. We have a a Christmas tradition when we're down at Bill and Nancy's and uh, it is to create the world's largest fire so that, you know, our G5 satellites can find it um, and it sends up a spark coming out of Acton. At the end of the day, all the paper, all the, all the stuff that, that we're done with, um, it goes into the, into the fireplace, it builds, and he lights it and, uh, you know, throws a bunch of gasoline on it and uh, gets a bunch of fireworks and explodes. No, it doesn't do that. But, you know, there's a roar that is coming out of that fireplace. I mean, it's a man thing, right? And then somewhere around 7, 8 o'clock, somebody's asking, hey, how'd you like that gift that I got you? And, and uh, uh, oh, it was great. Uh, well, where is it? I, well, what exactly was it again? And uh, it was an envelope. An envelope? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember an envelope. And instantaneously, people think about the fire. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And then people are digging through ashes. No, they're not digging through the ashes. Brothers and sisters, the light came into the world and that gift was there so that we would receive it. For those who don't receive it, do you know what's waiting? Fire. That we might not be caught in that moment saying, oh no, oh no. Because in this moment right now, you're very aware of the gift that God gave you. Now you have a choice whether to receive it or to toss it. This is your choice. Oh. The gift enabled eternal blessing in life for those who did not open the box or who did open the box. The same thing, first hour. The gift enabled eternal blessing in life for those who did open the box. What gift? To become the children of God. You know, here's here's something that's so interesting about what John said. So that you may believe. The gift was given so that you and I would believe. What does that look like? Sometimes we get so enamored with the gift that we just let it sit there. We just let it sit there. We're just so excited about it. Or have you ever seen somebody use a gift, right? I need to put a picture up. I've got this. I'm going to hammer the nail in with my flashlight. I'm not really using this properly, am I? The idea is this. Is that the gift was not given so we could have sheep and ornaments and angels and stars and mangers and nativity scenes. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all great. And there's nothing wrong with the presence that we'll give to one another out of love because that's a representation of what God has done for us. So don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But if all we do with what we hear today is we say, oh, that's a nice story, but I'm right back to my presence. I'm right back, right back to my ornaments. I'm right back to my cookies. Then we miss the point of what John is saying. John is saying this gift was given so that you might reflect on it that you might 
get a crash and put it up in your house and pull that out once a year and, and, and have a tradition that you might know how to sing Joy to the World because it's a beautiful song and play it backwards on a piano? There's one reason the gift was given, that you might believe. That you might believe. That's the total value of the gift. This morning, as I close, we're talking about light because Jesus described himself as light. The light came in the world and shines in the darkness and so the darkness no longer exists. There's a challenge in looking at these outer candles as the total value of the gift. You know, we've spent four weeks lighting these candles, reflecting on the value of these concepts. Let me just share with you, in a dark, dark world, you can still have hope. You can still have peace. You can still have joy. You can still have love. But let me help you understand something real briefly that a lot of times that hope can be extinguished because it was false hope. A lot of times that joy can be taken away or stolen because it wasn't rooted in sustainable things. A lot of times the peace can be broken because the peace was built around unsustainable human issues. And a lot of times the love doesn't last because it's based on the wrong things and it comes from a shallow place. And darkness overtakes. And darkness can overtake all these things. There's only one thing that can fix that. That can make all of these things shine a little bit brighter. And so we think about how darkness can take away hope. Maybe you know someone that's losing hope. Maybe you know someone that at one time had great hope in things, but it's gone now. It doesn't exist. Peace. We see peace in our world, don't we? It's tremendous. But it's all based in mankind. And unfortunately, we're all stuck in the darkness. And so our peace is gone. And as our peace is gone, the darkness increases. And we ask ourselves, why, if Pastor Jeremy says that Christ is light, why is it that my life feels so dark? Why is it if Pastor Jeremy preached on hope, I feel hopeless sometimes? Why is it if Pastor Jeremy preached on peace, I have so much conflict in my life? These things were promised. And by the way, I knew it for a minute. It sounded great. I bought the sales pitch and it actually felt like it was working, but then something came along and stole my joy. Stole my joy. And it's getting really dark. I thought Pastor Jeremy was telling me the truth. 
problem is, brothers and sisters, is that these outer candles are always in conflict, always in conflict with the darkness. And they in and of themselves do not have the power to overcome the darkness. They don't. Even love doesn't have the power to overcome the darkness. But we just read something. That to those who receive Christ, the light of the world, receive the gift that God gave, open the box and take out what's in the box, then they receive the light that can come overcome the darkness. Right? See, this is what's important is that what I'm about to do is light the Christ candle. Had I simply lit that in the midst of the other four, it would have been lost. This room's about as dark as we can make it. Let's bring out those backlights. Go ahead and, and push that off. Just, there you go. If we'd had the screens on, if we'd had the windows open, if I'd had these fake candles lit, if I'd had all of those things going, would you notice Christ? But because of the darkness, we're able to see that light the only reason that light is lit is because I opened the box. I opened the box and used what God gave me. Now, we can light through the power of Christ and the light of Christ. We can approach things like love, like joy, like peace and hope. And they're sustainable. Maybe you have opened the gift. Maybe you have that light of Christ in you. This morning, there's two things I want you to grasp. One, is the gift. Let's, let's wait to open up the... Let's not open them yet. There are those in this room that need to open the gift. Let me be very clear with you. You've heard about the gift. The gift has been given, right? You heard that in the message. God's given you the gift. The question is, will you open it or will you toss it to the fire? There's no ambivalence here this morning. There's just choice. What will be your choice? Scripture says that you can only make this choice if the Spirit is leading you to desire Him. 
If there's any part of you that wants that light of Christ in your life and you have yet to experience it, that your life is filled mostly with darkness, but you want to know that, you don't know how it works, but you definitely want that. You want the light of Christ to work against the darkness in your life. It simply says that you have to have faith to believe in it, to pursue it, and then it'll begin to reveal itself to you. And you'll have that light and you'll watch it work. You'll watch the darkness begin to fade. For some of us, that's decisions already happened, but the problem is this light is no longer the center of our life. This light's over here. Or this light's like this. So now these are susceptible again to darkness. We've moved Christ out of the center. Remember, keep Christ central. There's another gift that came in this box. This is for those who already believe, but they're feeling the darkness creeping in. Get a measuring tape. Measure your life and ask yourself, what needs adjusting? And how far is Christ from the center of my life? And adjust. The lights that are hanging take the darkness off the back wall. Those are beautiful lights because what they represent is how that light of Christ changes the darkness. Those lights represent people who have made the choice this year to open that gift. We still have four lights, actually three lights to go. I already know of one that needs to be lit. We have three more lights that we pray about that the Lord would reveal. Maybe you're one of those lights that you want to open that gift this morning. And now we can start to open the, the drapes and bring the lights back on the stage so we can see how the light of Christ and that message of Christ begins to open up and show us. See, now it just got really bright, didn't it? And now we start to open more things and see beautiful wreaths and incredible stained glass windows. Have we lost our focus on the candle yet? Oh, the screens are back up. Oh, Holly, thank you for turning that off. And now we can see each other. Now you can see how incredibly modest Pastor Jeremy is. Maybe we don't notice Christ as much anymore. It is amazing we can fill our life with things that we think are light, but in essence, it, it really is darkness. Two questions today. Do you need to open the box? That's a question for you. And if you've opened the box, have you let that light of Christ move away from the center of your life? You need to get it out of measuring tape, measure, and if so, bring it back into the center so that darkness is dispelled. Because that is a great gift, is it not? A great gift. Let me pray. And kids, thank you. Thank you, you've been great. Because Pastor Jeremy went way long this morning. So well done. And I hope you guys gained a benefit from 
from what you've heard and what you've experienced this morning as well. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the light of your Son. We live in such a dark world where we desperately want things like hope and peace and joy and love. And, and on a cursory level, Father, we can fill our lives with things that we think are going to bring us that, but in the end they fail and that brings more darkness than was there to begin with. Help us to understand it is only through Christ being central in our life that those things can fully be realized and burn brightly and then really truly dispel the darkness for good. Father, this morning, if there are any here today that hearing about this gift that John talks about, this gift of light that shines in the darkness, and they want to open that gift, speak to their hearts this morning. Help them with that choice. If it's just the time that you would have for them, then reveal that to them. If for any of us who have taken that light of Christ and we've, we've put it on a shelf or we've segregated it or, or we've we put a, 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 a lamp over it, in other words, we've moved it out of the center of our life, let us take measures to move it back into the center, God, that we can truly dispel the darkness that wants to overtake us. Thank you for this gift that is much more powerful than anything we could make or we could receive from each other. Thank you for the gift of light through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for hope in the darkness, peace in the darkness, joy in the darkness, and love in the darkness. Thank you, Father. I want to take it one step further this morning and just keep your heads bowed in a continued state of prayer. And as I'm thinking about this and wanting to continue to pray for you in, in, re, in, in relation to this gift, I want to know who to pray for. And so between myself, you, and the Lord, there's two things, I, the, the, these two opportunities to respond and, and hear about this gift. I Just for myself to know how to pray. I'd like to know, is there anybody here this morning that you're feeling the calling to open that gift for the first time? To receive that gift that God has provided to you, the light of Christ. And you don't fully understand it, but you have enough faith and you're drawn to it enough that you want to pursue it. You're drawn to that light. If that's you this morning, everybody else, they have their eyes closed but I'm just going to ask if you would look at me so I can pray for you, so I can know how to pray for you. If that is you this morning, you want to receive that gift fully and you want that to dispel the darkness, just give me a look so I can know who to pray for in relation to that. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? The Lord's speaking to you. Thank you. If that light of Christ has moved out of the center of your life, if somehow it has found itself on a shelf or it's found itself in a different area, it's still burning. You still have the gift, 
but the things in your life are not measured by the light of Christ. He's not the center, but that needs to come back to center. Would you just look up at me now so I can know how to pray for you as well? Good, good. Anybody else? Good. Fantastic. It is a gift-giving season. And God has given a precious gift to you this morning through his word. Let me close in prayer. Father, you have given us all things for godliness and righteousness. You have given us a gift far beyond our ability to purchase. It was given in love. And it has the ability, and it does, not just the ability, that the light of Christ dispels the darkness. It shines in the darkness. And I thank you that this morning, as there's darkness all around us and the world around us, that the gathering here today has been demonstrative of that light. And it has opened up some dark areas of our own hearts. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much that your word is true because of the true light. Father, accept our acts of worship this morning as an extension of our love to you. Let us go in peace today, in hope, in joy, and in love. But mostly, let us go in the light of Christ. To you be all glory, Father, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.